Till I'm Tiptoed you. Dot com. The podcast about pop culture, black history, and spirituality. Yeah. It's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip. Gonna take it away. Till I'm Tiptoed you. Thanks for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. I have a lot to talk to you about today. And this is funny because this is my second time trying to record um, episode five. I don't know what happened in the last one. It was a little janky at the beginning. And I didn't feel comfortable with the content completely. I felt like I glossed over some things that needed more in-depth conversation. So I'm re-recording and then I'll post it in just a second. So... Um, One of the things I wanted to do uh, today was, this is the fifth episode, five is Oshun's number, so I just want to big up Yeye Oshun. She is the Orisha, um, whose very name means source. She is the Orisha that makes everything worth living for. She is the Orisha of female sexuality, sensuality, and power. Uh, She is the goddess of self-reflection, and she encourages, encourages us to be compassionate and to love, and to grow. Um, A lot of people love Oshun for all that the West teaches us that she is, and and we forget that she's also a very fierce warrior. Those of us who are our children know that she punishes us if we forget who we are. Um, And I just couldn't go past episode five without um, acknowledging her. Which also brings me to the next point, which is, I never intended for Tell Tip Told You to be such a woman-centered space. Uh, I am a womanist at heart, not a feminist, because I've always believed that the black woman's plight is irreparably, excuse me, inherently tied to that of the black man. And it's hard for me to separate our issues. It has been hard for me to separate our issues. The older I get and the more in pop culture foolishness happens, uh, I'm beginning to understand. And that's probably why this space is manifesting the way it has. I'm beginning to see that there has to be space for black women to be in conversation with other black women in a a safe space. Now, that doesn't mean that brothers aren't welcome here. I think we all benefit from discourse and dialogue together. Um, But a lot of the topics, because I'm a black woman, hell, they're going to center black women. And I just think that's necessary. Uh, And let's go to pop culture right quick for why it might be necessary. Did you see Rick Ross uh, on The Breakfast Club when he was saying that he, you know, signing a female artist, he would have to F them? It, I mean, that's that's pretty much how some men see us, that we are our exchange value is pure sex. And, and it's just, again, that's why we need spaces like this so we can tell the young girls, no, you don't have to put up with that. You don't have to be that. You don't have to exchange your talent for that. <laughs> that's foolishness. So um, and then also in pop culture and political culture in the political world, we can thanks um, give thanks once again to Maxine Waters. Uh, the Honorable Congresswoman from California for giving us a good word this week with the video that's going around on social media of her requesting that the Secretary of Treasury re- that she that she can reclaim her time. Um, reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. That's in my head now. That's going to be my new mantra. When I'm in dead-end meetings, when I'm in class and a student is trying to take the conversation somewhere that is not a good place to go 
or even in my dead-end relationships, I'm reclaiming my time. Mama Maxine didn't even know she was giving us that good word. She was just doing her job. But it also is testimony to what happens when black women know, know the rules. When we know the rules, please, we rock the game. You know, uh, Lisa Delpit uh, has a wonderful art article called The Silenced Dialogue. And in that article, she says that once you know the game, it makes the game easier to play. And I think we saw that this week with uh, Mama Maxine. She just really know, knew the rules and she used the rules. And let's not forget the power of, you know, a lot of people... Uh, and I'm one of those people who tease bourgeoisie Negroes who join Jack and Jill. And I'm a member of a Greek lettered organization. And sometimes we get the bum rap for being bougie. But let's not forget that a lot of us learned parliamentary procedures through our association with these organizations. And that is learning the rules of the game. And when you know the rules of the game, it makes the game easier to play. So let's not turn our back on our brothers and sisters uh, that are associating with these organizations because if they can teach all of us the rules, that all of us can sit at the table and reclaim time when it is our time to reclaim. So I just wanted to uh, big up Mama Maxine Waters this week for reminding us how important it is to, to have complete ownership over our time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about today, again, being very female centered, very woman centered is girls trip. I am so excited. If you have not seen it yet, please make sure you, you go and see it ASAP. I am so excited that, that so many people are posting on social media about it, that they're getting good reviews. They're getting great numbers at the box office. And it is such a powerful thing to see such intentional sisterhood on the screen. I especially have to big up Will Packer for bigging up FAMU. Um, I bleed orange and green. I'm a rattler till the day I die. I love FAMU. And I was joking on Facebook the other day about whether or not people think that uh, Flossie Posse was loosely based on my circle of friends at FAM called The System. And I just want to tell you a little bit about The System. If any of them are listening, please know that I love you and I miss you. Um, the system, although we were co-ed, I would say the circle, the inner circle were, were women and I can't take credit for the name because the name was there before I got pulled into the circle. Uh, but I want to tell you why we called ourselves the system. Now, what is a system? A system is a collection of different things working different ways for a common good. Now, how fly is it that you would call a group of friends the system, right? I am so impressed by that name. I wonder which one of y'all came up with that. Um, but it is it was such a beautiful thing to be a part of. And Girls Trip kind of took me back to those days where you had your crew. You had your girls who would uh, help you get dressed to go to the moon if you were in Tallahassee. Uh, or Wicked Wednesdays that, uh, to sit on the set. We sit on the set together and got tans in the spring and the summer. And I mean, we just had a ball. We had a ball and we were all different. We had, you know, I was a J school major. Uh, we had people who were education majors, English, business, um, poli sci. We were all different. We all had, all had different interests. Uh, we had different moods and personalities. But we had the common goal of having a ball and getting a degree from FAM. Now, some of us didn't get that degree from FAM. 
I'm still pretty sensitive about it. Um, but again, my, my heart runs orange and green. So if any of the system is listening, please let this be the last year that we don't get together. I miss you guys so much. We need our own girls boys trip. We need the system to have a trip and let's get some nameplates like the flossy posse head. I think that would be so fly anyway. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today was war paint. I never did finish that blog post. I'm going to finish it one day. Um, I had, <clears throat> for those of, excuse me, those of us in education, you know, the AERA deadline was this week, this past week. So um, that took up a lot of my time trying to get my proposal in. But I, um, I, I definitely want to finish that. But but in in the stead of finishing it, I want to tell you a little bit about what I mean by war paint. And it, and it links together with what I was saying about um, how bouginess, quote unquote bouginess, gets a bum rap in our communities. But we need to understand that um, we have been oppressed systematically and it requires a systematic response to that. Again, systems are collections of different working things that work together for the common good. So everybody that's bougie is not necessarily working to the detriment of the people. And I think, unfortunately, um, they get a bum rap for doing so. So I wanted to big up my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, Nettie Dunrain, affectionately known as Nan to anyone who ever met her. Um, she is... Oh, when I think about her, I just get full. She lived to be 100. Um, she transitioned, and it was a very painful transition for me. Um, but I'm thankful to say, because I know how to work spirit, I still get to have conversations with her. And she's still the same man leading and guiding from the other side. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She was a phenomenal cook. Like that's the, I mean, if you ask anybody about man, sooner or later food is going to come into the conversation. She was a phenomenal cook. The fastest cook I knew. She could cook a full course meal in like 30 minutes. Um, so she was a fly cook. Um, and part of that is she believed in, um, again, anyone who knew her will testify that she loved her friends and her family fiercely, fiercely. Like when we were growing up, there was no such thing as not spending time with your cousins or not spending time with your aunts and uncles or not going to visit somebody who's sick in the neighborhood. You had to do those things because as she would say, you never knew who had to bring you your last cool glass of water. So she was big on family. Um, she was big on friendship. Whenever you went to her home, she had food for you. Um, and beyond that, she was my grandmother. And I have to ask her children. But as far as I know, I, you know, I, I lived 40 years with her, not with her, but, you know, with her as my grandmother. Um, I never knew her to own a pair of jeans or what she called dungarees. My grandmother did not believe in wearing dungarees outside of the house. Right? She had these denim pedal pushers, but they weren't really denim. They were kind of light blue denim look. Um, but she, she was very adamant that women should not wear dungarees outside of the house. Now she didn't prevent us from doing it, but she did, you know, tell me that on, on a number of occasions. I wonder if she told any of my other cousins that, but she was very particular. She did not leave the house without quote unquote powdering her face. She, um, she didn't believe in wearing long dresses because she had beautiful legs, 
beautiful legs. And so all of her dresses were knee length or above. She didn't like to, to cover her legs. She knew that was one of her greatest assets. And she wore heels well into her 90s um, because she understood that that was part of her package. Like she knew. And she would cross her legs. I swear she sat down in front of you, the legs were going to be crossed. And she had the proudest demeanor. She was just elegant. Um, she was the quintessential fashion fair, Gina Tay wearing, uh, hair pressed and curled, just fly Negro club woman. She was a Negro club woman in Mobile, Alabama. Um, and she was fly. I miss her so much. And for a long time, I couldn't understand. It just seemed like pretentious bullshit that you have to powder your face, have your purse, have on earrings and all of that stuff before you leave the house. But as I'm getting older, I understand now and it is, it's complicated. I'm not trying to fall into respectability politics. I abhor respectability politics. No one deserves to be treated illy based upon their aesthetics or their fashion sense. Nobody. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to fall into that and I don't want you to misconstrue what I'm saying. But in her time period, this is how she knew how to perform her worth to the world. It was her war paint. This was how she... Um, was able to be regarded in a certain kind of way in her community was that when she entered that community space, she did so in a very, very fly way, a very fly way. But it, it was a Nettie D. Rain way. And I think that's one of the things I liked about Girl Strip is that you had these women, but none of them had the same style, right? They were all fly in their own individual ways, in their own careers, what have you. They were all fly. But the flyness is intentional, right? So that's one of the things I'm learning as I reflect upon Nan's life, that her flyness was intentional. It was meant to say, look, it doesn't matter how much the world seeks to beat me down, how much the world seeks to tell me that I'm not beautiful. Guess what? When I leave this house, I'm shining. Right? There is a strength to that. And I think for even much of my life, I did not recognize that as strength. And now I understand that was her war paint. That was how she entered battle. And she was trying to teach me that. Now, I didn't learn it. Um, it took me, and I've had ebbs and flows with it. You know, when I was at FAM, I went through a period of wearing the heels and, and wearing makeup and having the cutest cuts. And then I went through tomboy periods um, because that's, I just, I got to be comfortable, y'all. And sometimes being cute ain't comfortable. So I went through my shorts and, and Tim's phase and you know, the hair slicked back in a ponytail. I, I went through those phases too. And, and it's an ebb and flow. And I remember when I first went natural, when I first did the big chop, there was part of me who felt like, oh, if I'm really down for the cause, I shouldn't wear makeup. Like that's a white man's game. And now that I'm older and I'm reflecting back on these Negro club women, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I want to be a Negro club woman. Like, where's my club? I told you I'm a member of a Greek lettered organization, so maybe I just need to become more active. Um, but I want to do the kind of work that they did for the reasons that they did it. Right. Racial uplift. They were race women. I am a race woman. Um, and so I want to represent the best of us. And I, again, I, this slippery slope between this and respectability politics, maybe we need to unpack that on another episode, but <clears throat> I do want to present my best self to the world. There is a performance to it. And again, to me, the performance is no matter how much you try to beat me down, I'm going to be fly, right? I'm going to be fly. And when, when we look at the kind of, when, when, 
I'm jumping. Let me go back a little bit. When we look at the period immediately following slavery, um, somewhere between radical reconstruction and reconstruction, that's only reconstruction in name, you know, that kind of reconstruction, we see black people amassing large amounts of political and economic power. And there was, in the community, um, different feelings about which way as a community we should go. Do we prove through our economic value that we are human? Or do we prove through our intellectual value that we are human? Um, and, you know, we kind of put those people in the Booker T. Washington, W.E.V. Du Bois camps. The more I learned about the two men, the more I realized that they were very similar in thought, if not in practice. Um, and I think they might have been in cahoots in a way that we might not understand yet. Don't forget that the trickster is, is the trope in, in black America. So I think both of them were operating as a, a bit of a trickster. But also during the same time period, the morality starts to play a role in how best do we assert our humanity in a, in a, in a country that doesn't even fully recognize our humanity. And part of that was to show that anything you could do, I can do better. So uh, the desire to be articulate, the desire to be well-read, the desire to keep good house and good home, all of these were strategies meant to empower the people. And while, again, I don't want to fall into respectability politics, they were intentional. Now, whatever we want, whatever presentist lens we want to put on it, these people were trying to do the best that they could to uplift the race. Now, there is some problematic race work. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of uh, critiques one could levy against that kind of uh, race work uh, because it did, in a lot of ways, marginalize people who did not have uh, the economic uh, uh, or social standing to do certain kinds of things. My own work, uh, I told you I'm a literacy scholar, my own work tends not to explore literacy in the middle class Negro communities, um, but it tends to look at how root doctors and conjure people are working with low income communities and what literacies they were practicing. So I think it's important that we understand it's a nuanced thing. A lot of this... Um, a lot of it led to arrogant assimilationist views in some Negro communities that we have to be very careful of when we talk start talking about race work. But I think the intention has to be at the fore. And I think a lot of these people intended to do well, to do good work. And I'm getting ahead of myself on a whole nother tangent, so I'm going to pull it back. I said all that to say, though, I think we need to work on presenting our best selves to the world. And particularly as women, we can fall into the rut of, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to sit in the beauty shop once a week. I don't have time. My grandmother didn't, They my, that generation, they didn't really have access to beauty treatments the way we do. But I do remember her sitting on the side of the tub painting her, her toenails. They were always red, too. A lot of my aunts, you know, the red nails, things like that, um, they did what they knew how to do. And it was with their war paint. And I, I just I, I want us to, to be more conscious of how we present ourselves to the world and how we combat those images. We've talked about this before. These images that say you are not enough 
or you're too much or you're too fat or you're too dumb or you're too broke. We combat that by entering the world in our best selves. And again, that best self doesn't have to look like everybody else's best self. Maybe makeup is not your thing. Maybe your locks and how you style those, that's your thing. That's your, you know, all of us are flying our own ways. Now, let me tell you something I do, and this might be a little TMI. I take really, really cute, risque photos of myself sometimes. And I have them saved um, in a file password protected for no one else's eyes but my own and that's because sometimes I want to see these pictures and remember that I fly I want to see myself and know that how I Tiffany nobody has tips energy but tip and so how I present that to the world is intentional right I want to show you my best self I owe that to myself because I want you to see the best of me you know, and part of it is one of the things that I'm raggedy about that I'm working on. Now, some of us are involved in a 30 day reset. Hey, resetters, we're working on getting together and being better. Um, some of us are working on that hard. My fast fell by the wayside, but I'm still here. I'm sorry, I had to stop for a second. This dog of mine is a terror and I had to take something from it. So. I want us to just be intentional during these 30 days or the next seven days for some of you um, about the way we present ourselves to the world. I'm really raggedy about how I walk around the house, but I try to have a full face of war paint when I leave the house. I'm working on that because if I'm presenting to the world my best self, shouldn't I present that best self to me? Don't I deserve that? The kind of cooking I do when I have friends and family coming. Don't I deserve to eat like that when nobody's here? So I'm working on that part, too. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Um, I'm about at that time. I have enjoyed ranting with you today about women's centeredness, bigging up the folk who big up us. And I just want us to continue to learn and to do oh by the way if you're still interested in those crystal packets the five crystals that i think every black woman should know and have in their arsenal go to the website www.tellemtiptoldyou.com i have an explanation of those five crystals and you can also purchase a packet of those crystals a course will be forthcoming what that'll tell you uh, go into deeper detail about the five crystals themselves, but also how you can begin to use those crystals in your daily practice. That will be free for anybody who purchases the crystals. Um, so make sure you go by the website and pick that up if you haven't done so yet. Again, I thank you for joining me today. I look forward to a wonderful week. I hope that you will do too. I want you to have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thanks. Tell them to told you. Bye.